Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to turn over real quickly to, to Genesis. We've been preaching on Sunday mornings about working for the weekend. So we're going to continue that. we got one woo. We got a lot of quietness in this church, so it's all right. Uh, the longer I preach, I believe the more response will be taking place today. I'm talking about rest, so you all better say amen to that. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna start here now. If you haven't been uh, here for this series, uh, we're gonna kind of pick up where we started last week, which last week we started talking about rest, and we're gonna continue talking about rest today and next week. So. We're going to start in Genesis 1. It's the account of creation. Genesis 1, verse 26. says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea. Come on, amen, fishermen. All right, come on now. The birds in the sky. Come on, duck hunters. All right. It's it's about to be hunting season in southern Indiana. The livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth for all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals and the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground and everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came and marked the sixth day. Okay, we're going to jump to chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. That's where we're going today. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was a day when he rested from all his work of creation. Verse 4. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. So. Isn't that good? So you read your Bible for this week, and I read it for you. Isn't that awesome? We got it out of the way. We read our Bible together. And today I want to continue talking about rest this morning. And last week, I, I'm not going to recap it because I said a lot, and uh, we, we started talking about how to start resting and being unhurried and how we live at such a busy pace of life. But I want to say this. When I decided to preach on rest, literally, The last two weeks of my life have been the most busy, (laughs) stressful time in my entire life. And I'm like, really? I I, I mean, I think think this isn't like a coincidence. I think this is on purpose that the time I'm like, I'm I'm trying to to really get this in my spirit and my heart to preach on it. And I'm like, and I already am too busy and I'm trying to slow down. I'm like, the the two weeks I'm going to start preaching about being restful and unbusy are literally the most busy times in my life. Anybody feel like that? I already knew I needed this message, but now I know I really need 
this message because it's been busy personally the last two weeks of my life. And I, I quoted this last week, but Corey Ten Boom, uh, she was a, a famous uh, Christian author and lady. She helped during the uh, World War II to rescue uh, Jewish people from the Nazis. Um, she said this, and I'll repeat it again, and I quoted this last week. It says, if the devil uh, cannot get you to sin, he'll just make you busy. Because busyness has the same effect on your spiritual life, your soul, and on your relationships. And I think all of us could say a hearty amen to that. And so, so that's what I felt like. And I, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, not When I preach on this, not to tell you that I'm the expert in this. I'm saying that I need this. And literally, the more I'm preaching on it, the busier my life seems like it's gotten in the last two weeks. So we all need this today. And today I want to talk about running from rest. Running from rest. In Genesis... We just read it a second ago, ago that human beings were created uh, to work. We were created, the Bible says the language is not passive, it's active. It says that mankind was called to rule and to reign, to have dominion, to work, to keep, uh, to be fruitful and multiply. We were called to work, but we were also called to rest. Now, we were called to do that because we were supposed to take the pattern or rhythm that God gave us when he created the earth. And it says that God created and worked for six days, and then he rested on the seventh. God worked for six days and rested on the seventh. Now, most of us in here are off balance with that. We're out of rhythm. Uh, we're not following the pattern that God gave us. And I would say most Americans and most Western people are not erring on the side of being too rested. We're not. We're, we err on the side of working seven days a week and never resting, never taking a day off, never taking a vacation, never actually resting and doing what God has called us to do. Therefore, you wonder why Americans are the most unhealthy, emotionally, physically people on the planet. Why do people in the Western world, even though we have more resources to be healthy and strong and mentally uh, uh, healthy, why do we have worse issues than people in countries that don't have as much because we live this way? Right. And eventually your body will break down, your mind will break down, your spiritual life will break down, your relationships will break down if you don't stop to rest because your life is off balance. It's out of rhythm with God. And most of us are off balance. Now, if there's some of you who snuck in here who don't work and don't do anything, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Let's start with the work six days, then, then you can, can rest on the seventh. Because I realize in the, our culture today, there's some people that rest six days and work one day. You're off balance too. Like, dude, you need to get a job. You need to get a life. You're never going to get married that way. Uh, you, you, you need to do something. And your life is probably very unfulfilled, and you're probably pretty depressed and anxious because you were created to work. You were created to do something. You were not created to sit at home for six days playing Call of Duty, eating pizza in your mom's basement, and then working one day a week uh, driving a truck for DoorDash. That's not your calling in life. The Bible says that God gave us a pattern, and the pattern was to work for six days, to, to actively be producing and creating and moving. And that doesn't mean you have to go to your actual job for six days. But you should be productive. You should be doing stuff. How many know if you have a life, a family, kids, a house, you got to do stuff on your days off, right? Okay? 
So we work six days, but then we rest on the seventh, which most people don't do. Most people don't have any rest or rhythm in their life, and that hurts us. Now, God rested because he was finished. Now, we rest because we need it. God didn't need to rest. He's God. But we do because we're created beings with finite energy, finite strength. We need rest. But God said, I'm going to give you this pattern. I'm going to work for six days. I'm going to rest on the seventh. But this seventh day in your Bible is the word Sabbath. So today and next week, we're going to talk about this word Sabbath. Not black Sabbath for all you old rockers. Now, I love guitars, so I love blues and rock music, but I'm not talking about Black Sabbath. The word Sabbath is actually a word that comes from the Hebrew Scriptures, which is the word Shabbat. Shabbat. And that word Shabbat in the Hebrew language is where that we get the word Sabbath, or when people take a sabbatical. It is literally the definition is to stop and to cease from labor or work. When we Sabbath, it means to stop and to cease from labor and work. And in the Bible, when it says that God rested on the seventh day, that was the first Sabbath day. It was the day of Shabbat. It was the day that God decided to stop and to cease from work and labor. Now, we, we all know we need that in our life, don't we? We all know we need it. And we actually crave it. We want it. We want rest. We need rest. Then why don't we do it? And I'm going to give you some reasons why we don't do it. Here's just a few reasons I wrote down this week just thinking on. If we all know we need rest and we all know we need to take Sabbaths or sabbaticals, we know we need to take a vacation every once in a while. We know we need to rest. We need to, we need to put this in our life. Then why don't we do it? Why don't we do it, especially as Western-minded American thinking people, why don't we do it in the Western world? Here's some reasons I wrote down why we don't rest, even though we know we need it. Pride. Pride. A lot of people don't stop because they say, well, who's going to do it if I don't do it? (laughs) What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my friends? If I don't do it, I have to do it because I'm sustaining my life. I'm holding my life up. Last time I checked, you, you ain't God. Now, I need a better amen than that. Come on, we're a responsive church. Last time I checked, you are not God, and I'm not either. So it's pride for us to say, I can't stop because I need to do something. Guess what? If you stop, your life goes on. The world is still spinning. The birds are still chirping. There's still oxygen you're breathing. Guess what? If you go on vacation for a week, your job is going to keep going. Everything in this earth is sustained by not you, by God. So it's pride for us to say, I can't stop because who else is going to do it or what's going to happen? And a lot of us think that way. I can't rest because pride. I got to do it. I'm sustaining my own life. No, you're not. God is. Here's another one. Habit. You got bad habits. It's awful quiet in this Methodist Pentecostal church today. I know the further I go in this, it's going to get more uncomfortable. So (laughs) you guys are a responsive church. So don't don't forget about this during this series. Uh, Habits, bad habits. Now, as your pastor, I'm just telling on myself a lot lately, but it's good. 
I got bad habits when it comes to rest. And a lot of us don't rest because we got bad habits. We grew up this way. Like this is what our parents did. And this is what our grandparents did. And this is what we do. Same way with me. My parents didn't take many vacations. My parents didn't rest much. That's not the way they lived. Our life is ministry. Our life is church. That's what we do. That's what we've always done. That's what I do. I have bad habits because I always keep going and going and going. Now, my dad, as he's gotten older, has decided to try to rest more. But he rests more when he's actually traveling than, than when he's here. But guess what? I'm not traveling. I'm here. <laughs> so some of us just don't rest because we got bad habits. And we got to admit it. Like, hey, well, maybe we didn't grow up this way or our parents didn't do this. That doesn't make it right. We need to get the right habits. And we need to put rest as a habit in our life. Because... After a while, you get wired that way that this is my habit and this is what I do. And um, the good news is that you can rewire your life and your brain and your habits. Okay, here's another reason why we don't rest. Fear. Fear. Fear, because most people are living paycheck to paycheck. Most people are uh, in fear that if I stop to rest and I don't work, then... What's going to happen? How's my family going to be? How, how am I going to be financially? Most people don't stop or rest or even take a vacation or take a day off. Why? Because of fear. They feel like they can't put any rest or boundaries in their life because of fear. Can I go a little further? Okay. Here's another reason why people don't rest. Appearances. To keep up appearances. The, uh, the sign of wealth in the modern American society is busyness. The busier you are, the more wealthy and famous and great you are in life. That's what people show on social media. And so a lot of us are constantly busy because of we're trying to keep up appearances. It, it lets us know and lets the people around us know if we're busy all the time, then we feel important about ourselves. We feel like we got to keep up with everyone. And sometimes, especially the way that we think, as Western-minded people, that we have to keep up appearances. Here's the last one that I wrote down in probably the most sensitive territory. We don't rest because we don't want to deal with the issues in our life. We don't rest because we don't want to deal with our soul. You know how I know that? Because I do that. If you work all the time, then you don't have to deal with your marriage. Y'all are way too quiet today. I know, I know I'm touching sensitive territory here. If you don't slow down and rest, you don't have to deal with the issues with your kids. If you don't so, slow down and rest, you don't have to deal with the, the pain in your life that you're trying to uh, hold in and, and act like it's not there. A lot of us don't rest because if we actually slowed down, guess what would come up? All that issue that you've been trying to hold in, the pain, the trauma, the past, the hurt. And a lot of people, including myself, a lot of times we run and run and run and run and run from rest. Why? Because if we slowed down, we'd have to deal with it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with it. Even though God wants to deal with it and God wants to heal us, if we never slow down long enough, God cannot heal us. God can't deal with those issues. Your marriage will not be changed by you working seven days a week. 
you got to deal with it. Your kids won't be fixed if you keep working, working, working. You have to deal with it. You will never become spiritually or emotionally healthy unless you slow down long enough to deal with it. Come on, I'm preaching this morning. You got to deal with it. But why don't we stop? Because we can outrun it, we think. But you can't. You can't. You could try. Most people try. They try to outrun it. They try to outrun the issues in their life. But guess what? Eventually, it will come up and you will have to deal with it. And most of the time, it has to be something drastic. Like uh, a breakdown, a mental breakdown, a physical breakdown, a burnout, or a midlife crisis, or something like that. And it's like, that could have been avoided if you just would have slowed down and rested long enough to deal with your soul. We are running so quick, our soul can't keep up with us. So, here, here's some reasons. And I just wrote that down just, just the other day. I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, if we know we need rest and we want rest, why don't we do it? Once again, pride. we got bad habits. Fear. Keeping up the appearance. Or not wanting to deal with the pain or our soul. Not wanting to deal with the issues in our life. But we don't have to live that way because God wants to heal us. God wants us to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. But it takes rest to get that way. It takes rest to be that way. You know, God cares not just about your spiritual life. He cares about your soul and your body. He cares about all of you because all of you belongs to God. And he wants you to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. But you have to put rest in your life for that to happen. You can't work seven days a week, never rest, never take a break, never take a vacation, never chill out, never get alone and quiet with God and expect you to be spiritually strong, physically strong, emotionally strong, or any way strong or healthy. You won't be. You will not be. All right. That was just my intro. Okay. <laughs> now let's really dive in because that was the filtered version. Now we're getting to the unfiltered version. Okay. Genesis 2, and we're going to read this. This is Genesis 2, verse 1. So it says, The creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Verse 2. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. Verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was a day when he rested from all the work of of his creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God made the earth in the heavens. But notice it says that God, on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, once again, why did he do that? To leave us a pattern and a rhythm on the way that we should live. But it says two words that he did on that day. It says he blessed the day and he made it holy. Okay. He blessed the day, and he made it holy. Now, the only other things he blessed in Genesis was he blessed Adam and Eve, and he blessed the animals, but then he blesses a day. Now, God blesses something in the Bible because that thing is supposed to produce life. And God blessed a day, and he says, if you do what I'm telling you to do, and you rest on the day I told you to rest, that day will be blessed and produce life in your life. And if, if, if we understand this, anytime God tells us to do something, it's for our benefit. 
It's, it's for our greatest joy. It's, it's for our greatest fulfillment. It's for our greatest peace. If God commands us and tells us to do something, it's because he's a wise, loving father who knows what's best for us. And it says that God blessed the day and he made it holy. He blessed it because if we choose to do what he's called us to do, he will bless that day and it will produce life in us. Not just on that day, but if you bless that day, the rest of your week will be blessed and rest because of you keeping that day set apart and holy. God blessed that seventh day. Why? Because it will produce life in your life. It will bring life to you. And he made it holy. One of the, the characteristics, because we're talking about if you do it God's way, you get God's results. If he told you to do it, it's for your benefit. There's, a, there's been many studies on this. And some of you have seen it. There's actually a new Netflix documentary about it, about people that live in blue zones. You know what blue zones are? Blue zones are people that live to be over 100, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not sick. Uh, they're not in a wheelchair. They're not in a nursing home. These people are thriving over 100. So there's, there's several blue zones in the world. There's, there's one in Italy, of course. Uh, there's one in Japan. There's one in California. I don't know how that one snuck in there. Uh, there's one, it's, it's Northern California, not Southern. Um, there's several places around the world where it seems like there's people that live to be over 100. And, and they live long, and they're strong, and they're healthy. And they talked about, now, what are the characteristics of people who live long and are healthy and strong? We're talking 100 and over. Which, how many know that's what the Bible says? It's God's desire that we live a long, satisfying life. That's God's will. One of the characteristics that they said that these people had, because they, they put a list together. Now, one of the characteristics was they lived in community. Ever heard that before from a pastor? They lived in tight-knit community. They, they were involved in their church. They were involved in community. They, they lived in community. That's life groups. They, they were tight with other people. But another thing they said was they all practiced some form of rest. Weekly. Now, most of these communities were religious communities. So they knew about the Sabbath. And most of these communities, they said, practice rest. They lived a rested life. That's why they could get to 100 and over and still be living long and strong. Why? Because if you do it God's way, come on now, you get God's results. He blessed the day and he made it holy. If you honor that day, it will bless your life. It will produce more life in you. Here's something very interesting to know. Okay. So, out of these groups, there's a group, and some of you have heard of this church, Seventh-day Adventist. Now, that's a Christian denomination. And majority of what they teach, they place a huge emphasis on Sabbath. Honoring the Sabbath. Now, they maybe could overemphasize it, but churches like ours ignore it. Most American churches completely ignore it, not even in the Bible. But so seventh, now hear me here, Seventh-day Adventist, they place an emphasis on it. So by the, when, by the time you're, you're born to the rest of your life, you practice this every week. Every seven days, you rest one. The community that lived long in California was the whole community of Seventh-day Adventist that lived to be 100 and over. And they've done research, and they, 
found that people that are Seventh-day Adventists live 10 years longer than the average American. But do you know what that adds up to? If they practice Sabbath from the time they were born to the time of the average American, that's 10 years. If they did it every Sunday, that's 10 years. So that added 10 years to their life by practicing Sabbath. So they didn't lose those 10 years of life. They gained those 10 years of life by resting. They practiced that. And that whole community in Northern California, the whole community is Seventh-day Adventists. They have a high emphasis on placing that Sabbath day. They rest. They rest. They rest. And they live 10 years longer than the average American. Why? Because when you do it God's way, you get God's results. Something as simple as that. Yeah, because if God said to do it, guess what? It produced life in them, and they lived 10 years longer when they honored and rested on the day that God told them to rest. You with me? So it says that God blessed it, and he made it holy. He made it holy. Holy means to be set apart. That means that the Sabbath day or the seventh day needs to be set apart. It needs to be different than the rest of the days of your week. We need to treat the seventh day or the Sabbath day as holy. Now, today, my, my, um, my task today is really explaining why we do Sabbath. And next week, we're going to get into, like, how you actually have a Sabbath. Just to tell you where we're going today, because I know you got questions going. There's like, is Sunday Sabbath? Is Saturday Sabbath? Is Wednesday Sabbath? What day am I supposed to do this? I'll answer that next week, okay? The point is you need a, a day, okay? But we'll talk about it more next week. So what did God do? He left us a pattern for us to follow. Work six days, rest on the seventh. And the seventh day, God said, is blessed, brings life to us if we, if we choose to follow it and choose to do it. Science says it adds 10 years to your life. If you practice it from the time you're born to the time you get to the average age of American when, when they pass away, that's 10 years. But also, he blessed it and he made it holy. He made it set apart. So let's talk about for a second what Jesus thought about the Sabbath day. You guys like Jesus around here? I mean, it is a church. I guess we should talk about him, right? Um, Jesus kind of is God. So uh, let's see what he has to say about it. And Jesus had the same view that it was spoken of in Genesis, that we should work six days and rest on the seventh. And Jesus had a high view of the Sabbath day. Now, Jesus was a man who lived under the law. And, of course, he practiced that from the time he was born to the time he died. Every seven days, Jesus would Sabbath. But Jesus, in the Gospels, I love it, he brought people back to the purpose and importance of Sabbath because through the years, people have gotten religious about it. And Sabbath had become just another law or a duty and something to earn God's favor instead of being a life-giving, purpose-filled day to help you rest because God cares about you. And so Jesus would point them back to the purpose of the Sabbath. And we're going to see this because he did it a lot in the Gospels. But to give you a little context, and we're, we're going to read a few of these passages, 
that there were several times that Jesus healed someone on the Sabbath. He delivered people on the Sabbath. And guess what? Religious people would get mad at him for doing that. I heard a preacher say this the other day, and I fully agree. He goes, you know who the meanest people on the planet are? Religious people. Sometimes Christians are like, it's the Satanist. It's the atheist. No, it's not. It's other Christians. It's religious people with a religious spirit. They are the meanest, most hateful people, and they'll give you a scripture on why they're right about it. They are. And that's what Jesus ran into in the Gospels. He was God in the flesh. And the religious people hated him. They were the meanest, nastiest people around. But Jesus would heal people on the Sabbath, and the religious would people say, you can't do that. You cannot do that. You can't do that. You're breaking the rules. And Jesus would say, no, this was the point of the Sabbath. To bring life into your life, to bring healing into your life, to bring freedom into your life. This was the purpose of the Sabbath, not to follow rules. It's not a religious thing. It's to bring us life. He would deliver people and set people free, and, and they'd be like, you're not supposed to do that. And Jesus said, no, it was right that this lady got healed. It was right that this person got delivered because this is what the Sabbath and rest is all about. Okay, so let me read you one of these passages on what Jesus said about the Sabbath, this day of rest spoken of in Genesis. Mark 2 and verse 23. I, I feel like you're tracking with me now, aren't you? You liked that religious comment, didn't you? Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, the seventh day. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why did they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, have you never read? Ooh, that was a diss. <laughs> you know why? Because the religious people literally had the Old Testament memorized. He's like, do, do you even read, bro? Because y'all should have read this. And David's like kind of a big deal in the Old Testament. He said, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? And he and those with him, how he went to the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest, and also gave to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Let's look at what it says in New Living. I love the way it says in New Living. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. <laughs> That's what he said about it. Why, now, why are we doing this, Pastor? Are we doing this, and you're talking about this because you want to give us another rule to follow, another commandment to follow? Is this a religious thing, or do I got to do it to earn God's favor? No. You're doing it because it brings life into you. And God says, this is my wisdom and guidance for your life. And if you do it and you follow it, it's for you. It's to help you. The Sabbath was made for man, not the man made for Sabbath. It was to meet our needs. If we put this into our life, it brings life into us. It blesses us. It brings healing and deliverance and wholeness to us. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. Not the man made for Sabbath. God's purpose in making a Sabbath day was not so 
he would give us another rule to follow. It was to help us have a day of rest. As humans, we need that. He knows we need it. We're finite beings. The Sabbath was made for us to have a day of rest every week so we could live the life that he wants us to live. You still with me today? Okay. So we're going to continue the rest of this message about why the Sabbath. Why do we do this? We do it because of what God laid out for us in Genesis, but the pattern he left for us with working six days and resting one. But we also do it. Jesus practiced Sabbath. He honored Sabbath. And Jesus said that we should Sabbath. But he said the purpose is for us. Not for just the day. It's for us. It's to bring us life. The first thing I want to talk about is Sabbath is rhythm. Sabbath is rhythm. Which all you white people in here could use. I'll let that go, but I felt like you needed to laugh. Sabbath is rhythm. You know this, that when your life gets off balance and off rhythm, things don't go right. We understand this when you hear music being played when the music goes off rhythm. Now, Brother Ronnie never goes off rhythm, but another drummer in another church who's inexperienced would go off rhythm. But you notice in the music very quickly, even if all the instruments are playing right, if the rhythm's off, it's off. And guess what? If it's not fixed, it will get more off. Right? Same way with our lives. If it's not dealt with, you get off rhythm, and it makes everything sound not right. If your heart gets off rhythm, you got issues. And not fixed, you got major issues. Because it's a matter of life and death, whether you're in rhythm. Sabbath is rhythm for us as human beings. And I'll explain that a little bit more in a second. Sabbath is rhythm. So I want to share a verse with you out of Exodus. This was one of the major times in the Old Testament where it's spoken of in the Ten Commandments about how we should keep the Sabbath. Now, before we talk about this, we have to understand why did God give commands? And I mentioned this earlier, but let me repeat it again. When God ever tells us to do anything, it's for our benefit. When God commands us to do something, it's not this religious, you need to do this. I'll hate you if you don't do this. No, God commands us and tells us to do something. Why? Because he wants us to experience more life, more peace more joy, uh, more of God's presence, more of his supernatural abundance in our life. If God tells us to do something, it's for our benefit. So when we read the Old Testament and we hear stuff like the Ten Commandments, don't think like, cool. Because that's not the tone of God. God's saying, hey, live this way because I know better because I'm God. You're not. And like if you live this way, your life will get better. So kind of like don't steal from people and like your life will be better. 
Like, don't murder people and your life will be better. Are you, are you with me? But one of those in that group is keep the Sabbath day holy. It's the most broken law in the Ten Commandments by Christians every week. It's, it's funny because it's like you guys would never think twice about murder. You're just like, okay, I got that, murder. Not stealing, got that. Not committing adultery, got that. Not bowing down and worshiping other gods, got that. But when it comes to rest, we're like, huh. That's what we do. When it's a command, just like the rest of the commands, and if we do that, just like we do the other ones, it will bring life to us. If we listen to our wise Heavenly Father, it will bring healing and wholeness and fullness of life to us. Our lives will flourish when we do what He's called us to do. It's funny that Sabbath was way before the law or the Ten Commandments, but it was so important, God put it in the Ten Commandments with Moses. And He said, you guys need to do this. It's important for you. One writer said this, it's kind of funny that God would have to command Sabbath. He's like, it's kind of like commanding someone to eat ice cream. Or like, I command you to go to the beach and relax. Why would we have to do this? Why would we have to command somebody to do what's best for us? What anyone with common sense would be like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Rest one day a week, I'll take that. But he had to put it into the commandments because he knows how people are. People often make excuses why they can't do it, why they, they need to keep going, why they can't stop. And so he put it in the Ten Commandments. Okay. So Sabbath is rhythm. Exodus 20 and verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Verse 9. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day, no one in your household may do any work. I hope teenagers don't get a hold of this verse. <laughs> Uh-oh. Sorry, parents. We'll just edit this out of the podcast. This includes you and your sons and daughters, your male and your female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living among you. For in six days... Now, so... What does he do? He goes back to why we're doing it in the first place. We're doing it because God did it. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So we see here that Sabbath is rhythm. God put Sabbath in place from the beginning for us to be in the right rhythm and balance. Because when we get out of balance and out of rhythm, things don't go well for us. But we see that Moses started this and commanded God's people to do this because he knows how we are. And he said, you need to do this. You need to observe this every week. You need to honor this day. Keep it holy. Set apart. Because we're going to honor this day of rest. Why? Because God rested on the seventh day. So let's talk about rhythm. 
Sabbath is rhythm because God literally in the beginning of time put rhythm into all of creation. Put rhythm into all creation. Do you realize the oceans are on a rhythm? Y'all with me? Oceans are on a rhythm. There's a constant flowing and cycle. that The tide goes in, the tide goes out. The oceans and the seas are on a rhythm. We see that the mountains are on a rhythm. The seasons that God put into place in this earth are on a rhythm. There is, there is seasons of resting in the season, in the calendar, and there's seasons of growth and, and work. There's, there's rhythm in the seasons. We see that the animals have a rhythm. The, the soil has a rhythm, and mankind has a rhythm. And when it gets out of rhythm with this work-rest balance, it's not healthy. It's not good. We, we see in the, the writing of the Old Testament that God would tell his people not just for them to rest, but you need to rest your animals one day a week. Why? Because he, you got to realize an animal that has rested is better than one that's worked seven days a week. They produce more. They, they're healthier. They're stronger when they put rest into their life because they're on a rhythm. We see in the Old Testament as well. Are you tracking with me so far? We see that, see that God commanded his people to rest the land and the soil every seven years. Why? Because there's a rhythm. And land that has been rested one year will produce more the other six years than land that's used all the time. And eventually, if you use land all the time, it will take all the nutrients out of the land and produce nothing. That's why God said in his wise counsel as a good father, you need to rest your animals, you need to rest your land. Why? Because they need rest because they need to be on a rhythm. If God cares that much about soil and animals, how much more us? We need to be on a rhythm. And when we get out of rhythm, it hurts us. But God cares so much about all his creation. He said, you need to rest. Your animals need to rest. The land needs to rest. And you, of all people and living beings, need to rest. It's interesting to know that the soil has to rest every seven years. And guess what your body's made out of? Dirt. Dirt. God made us from the dirt. We're all just a bunch of dirt bags here. We are. He made us from the dirt. And God said, hey, if the soil needs to rest, guess what, bud? You do too. Because you'll be just like that soil that's overworked, and eventually it will not be able to produce anything. It will have no more life in it. So we need to be on a rhythm. If all of creation is on a rhythm, we need rhythm as human beings. So Sabbath is rhythm. Am I boring you? Or are you listening? Okay. I'm just trying to teach you because I really want you to understand this concept of Sabbath. I know you're used to me being a little more wild and preacher, but I got my teaching hat on for a second. Sabbath is rhythm. We need it. Animals need it. Creation needs it. All of us, it's in us that we need this work-rest balance. So the next thing I want to share is Sabbath is Resistance. Sabbath is resistance. What I want to talk about here is this. In Deuteronomy, 
We're going to read it in a second. This is the next major time that God spoke to his people about the Sabbath day. And this is in Deuteronomy. And this was the generation that grew up in the wilderness. These people were not slaves in Egypt. Their parents were. This was the next generation that was about to go into the promised land. This generation was commanded before they went into the promised land to live this new life. That's where they've been trying to get to. That you don't need to forget this day. Just because you're going to go to this land and there's going to be abundance and there's going to be produce and there's going to be livestock and there's going to be a land flowing and milk and honey. It's going to be a great land. It's going to be a beautiful land. He said, I don't want you to forget this day of rest. I don't want you to forget that because you didn't grow up in Egypt like your parents did. You're a new generation. But notice he changes the reason why you observe the Sabbath in Deuteronomy for the next generation. Still, still talking about Sabbath is resistance. Follow me here. Deuteronomy 5, verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day, no one in your household, sorry parents again, may do any work. Y'all, your kids are going to roast you on this one. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male, your female servants, your oxen, your donkeys, your other livestock, and all the foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Verse 15. Now he says this is why we're doing it. But it's a different reason than the time before. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why your Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. I want to talk for a second about Sabbath is resistance. We talked about Sabbath is rhythm. It's in us. It's in all of creation. We need this balance, this work-life balance. It's in the soil. It's in the animals. It's in all of us. That's the way God created us. But Sabbath is resistance. We see in Deuteronomy, God tells his people that's a different generation about to go into the promised land. You need to follow the Sabbath day. But why are you doing it? He doesn't refer them back to Genesis. He refers them back to their parents that came out of Egypt. And this is what he's saying. He wants Sabbath to be a reminder. Now I'm about to preach. You ready? Because I've been teaching so far and y'all have been a little yawning and a little tired. But now I'm about to really preach. He said, I need you to know, you need to remember this day, but you remember it for a different reason. The reason is that you don't go back to Egypt. That you observe this day every week to remind yourself that you're not a slave anymore. To remind yourself that you are not the person you used to be. That you remind yourself you're not in Egypt anymore. You are free now. Why? Because slaves don't get a day off. They work seven days a week, and most people, God's people, when they were working in Egypt, people would die every day because they never got a day off. 
They had to make bricks every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. No rest. And he says, I want you to remember this day and keep it holy. Why? So you don't go back to Egypt. You're not a slave anymore. And you are free people. So free people have the choice to take a day off. Come on, are you with me? And you guys need to remind yourself you're free people too and you can take a day off. You can take a day of rest. You're no longer in slavery to anyone. You're not in slavery to the world, the devil, the flesh, or anybody. You're free people to take a day of rest. And that's resistance to the world around you trying to say, no, you can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Devil's in your ear saying, no, you can't do it. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep doing it. No, you don't. Sabbath is resistance to say, first of all, I ain't going back. But also, I ain't a slave no more. I'm free. Only slaves can never take a day off. I'm a free person. I can take this day of rest. Come on now. Are you with me, church family? Come on, are you with me from the front to the back? We are free people. Come on, I'm helping myself today. But this is also what it means. Don't go back to the mentality of Egypt. What's the mentality of Egypt? It's the mentality of the world. Produce. Come on now. Perform. Keep up with the Kardashians. You can't. You don't got enough money. Look at this. Buy this. Keep up with this. And we as Americans think we are so free. But actually most people are slaves. Slaves to Apple. Oh, y'all want to play with me? Slaves to Google. Slaves to our iPhone. Slaves to politics. Slaves to what we wear, what we say, how we act. Slaves to social media. And when you take a day of rest, it's resistance against that mentality. Because you're thinking, Pastor... I don't know nothing about Egypt. I don't live in Egypt. Egypt is alive and well. Because you know Egypt's not a place. It's a spirit. Just like when Jesus was on the earth, guess what Egypt was? Rome. The Roman Empire. It changes its names, but the spirit of Egypt or the spirit of the world is still telling you the same thing that Pharaoh in Egypt told God's people. You can't stop. You got to produce. You got to perform. You got to keep up. You got to buy this. You got to do this. You are a slave. And I don't want to sound too punk rock today, but you're not a slave to the system. Stick it to the man. That's Egypt. Take a day off and do what God's called you to do because if you don't, you're still a slave to the system. Or for those of you who love Star Wars, you're either a part of the empire or part of the resistance, but there's no in between. And you know what I choose? I choose the resistance. Not the empire. Because the empire is still alive and well. Sabbath is resistance. Are you getting what I'm saying today? So when we choose to take a day off, it's not just saying I'm never going back to Egypt and 
I'm not a slave. It's saying even that mentality of I got to keep up. I got to do this. I got to be a consumer. The slavery that comes with that. You're telling yourself and the people around you, no, I don't. I'll turn it off every week, once a week. But say, no, I'm not a slave to the system or the man or the empire. I'm not. I belong to God, and I am free. Come on, I feel like I could shout on that one. <laughs> Last one. Sabbath is trust. Brother Daryl, could you come play, and we're going to close here. I felt that one. Man, thank you, Father, for helping us today. Sabbath is trust. When we choose to Sabbath once a week, and we chose, choose to put Sabbath in our life, it's trust to God. It's the same principle in your Bible, just like the tithe. When we give God the first part, He blesses the rest. When we give God that day of the week, He blesses the rest. And it's trust saying, God, me and you with six days is better than me by myself working seven days. You can produce more in my life. You can do more in my life. You can provide for me. I don't have to work this day. That's trust. Trusting that God is your provider, is your source. So Sabbath is trust. When we choose to do that, we're trusting God, saying, God, I don't have to do this because you're going to provide for me. I was looking some things up. There's, there's two companies that are really well known that are Christian companies. For those of you who are real business-minded people and driven, and I'm a very driven person, saying, well, I definitely can't do that. I got to keep up seven days a week. There's two companies that take off Sundays. And I think they're doing okay. The first one is Hobby Lobby. That's a multi-billion dollar company. It's one of the largest retailers of crafts and arts in the world. Multi, multi-billion dollar company. And they make more in six days than all the rest of the craft and art stores do in seven days. Why? Because the principle's true. Sabbath is trust. And when you trust God that me and you can do more in six days than I can do on seven, he blesses the rest. Chick-fil-A, Christian chicken, blessed and highly favored chicken. Can I get an amen? It's anointed chicken. My goodness, it's anointed I would love Chick-fil-A people to train all of our helps teams. Oh, my gosh. There would be a line outside of church on the rock. They're just, they're, they're beautiful people. All the people are so precious that work at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is the third largest fast food company and quickly catching up. The first and second are McDonald's and Starbucks. But Chick-fil-A makes more per restaurant than McDonald's and Starbucks combined and is closed on Sundays. 
some of the research I read, if Chick-fil-A continues at the pace it is, it will surpass Starbucks and McDonald's. It just doesn't have as many locations right now. But per restaurant, it makes more on six days. It does. Than McDonald's and Starbucks does in seven per restaurant. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because if you give God that, I'm talking to business people in here that feel like you can't stop because it's your business and I got to work every day and I got to do this and I got to be driven. I'm all for that. But give God the seventh day and see what he will do in the six days. He'll bless the rest. Now, these are two multi-billion dollar companies that are proving what the Bible says is true. But that's trust. How many know the CEOs of those companies? It takes trust to say, we're going to close down all these locations every Sunday. It's a lot of money. That's when people shop is the weekends. But notice God makes up the difference when you trust him. I want to share this last story, and it's from your Bible. It's Exodus 16. You can just write that down, Exodus 16. We're talking about Sabbath is trust. When we choose to give God one day a week, just like when we give God our tithe, it's saying, God, I trust you, that you will bless this and you'll bless the rest of it if I give you the first. If I give you this day, if I give you my money, if you give me my time, my talent, my treasure, you will bless it and you will multiply it and you will do more than ever that I could do by myself. I trust you, God. And it takes trust to rest and not work on a day. It takes trust for your pastor to go on vacation, which I'm struggling to do. But I will do because you guys will keep me accountable, right? You're going to do that, right? Okay. Because I'm working on this myself. But it takes trust to do that. It takes trust to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. But in Exodus 16, when God's people were in the desert before they went into the promised land, it says that God fed them because there was no food. There's no gas stations. There's no Myers. There's no Kroger's in the desert. God had to feed them in the desert because there's nowhere to get food. And God said he rained down bread from heaven which was called manna, and he fed them every day. But it says, if you read the passage in Exodus 16, because he didn't want them to work on the seventh day, he said, I'm going to give you bread all week long, but on the sixth day, I'm going to give you double so you don't have to work on the seventh day because I don't want you working on the seventh day, so i got to give you double on the sixth day. But it implies if they started to work or they tried to keep extra that the manna or the bread would go rotten when they started trusting themselves. But when they honored God, God said, I'll give you more bread on the sixth day so you'll be able to rest on the seventh day. And I think you guys need to know that because there's a principle in God's word. I know it's Old Testament, but if you rest on the seventh day, God will give you more in six days than you could work in seven days. He will give you double on the sixth day so you can rest on the seventh day. But you got to trust him. You got to trust him. You got to step out. You got to start. And when we choose to Sabbath every week, saying, God, I trust you. I trust you that I can rest today. Why? Because you're taking care of me, that you're my provider, that you're my source, that you're my healer, that you're my deliverer, that you can do more in my life in six days than I can work out in seven. And God, I trust you. 
Now we do that with our money, but let's do that with our time, our day. It's the same principle. It applies. God, I trust you. Let's be honest. A lot of times when we don't do it, it's because we really don't trust God. (laughs) There's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of doubt there. But we need to believe just like God's people did in Exodus. That God will give us double on six. So we'll be able to rest on the seventh day. Sabbath is trust. Did you guys get something today? Come on, let's stand up together. Let's stand up together. Father, we love you today. I thank you guys for being here this morning. Father, let's just raise our hands if you feel comfortable. Father, we love you today. We thank you today. We're asking you as a church family that we would trust you. That we would trust you like never before. I know a lot of us, we've trusted you with our money. Let's trust you with our time. Let's trust you with a day. Let's make this a day of rest every week in our life. Father, we pray right now that we are getting this as a church family. That we're getting this as a church community. We are going to put rest into our lives. We're going to put the rhythms of grace into our life. That we're going to decide to stop working so hard and choose to rest in you, Father. We thank you for it today. We thank you for it today. Father, help us speak to us on ways we can rest more, on ways we can apply this to our life. I pray for everyone in here that you would speak to us on putting new patterns into our life, new habits in our life that are healthy and whole and sound and that will bring healing in life to us. Father, let us as a church family, not in a religious way, but in a real way, we would honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We would keep it set apart and and different from the rest of our lives that we would do that, Father, to honor you, but also the Sabbath was made for us, you said to help us, to heal us, that we would need a day of rest as human beings. The Sabbath was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. Father, we thank you, Father, that we would apply more rest into our life. Give us revelation on this. Give us insight. Help us to put the right people in our life that will encourage us to rest. Encourage us to take a Sabbath. Encourage us to put these rhythms in our life. Give us accountability. Speak to us, and we thank you for it, Father. I thank you, Father, because of that, because we're going to do your word, I thank you this church is stepping into the greatest days of emotional health, of physical health, of spiritual health, of mental health. Why? Because we have practiced your word. And your word will not return void when we do it. It will produce all that it's called to produce. It will bring life to us, and we thank you for it today. We thank you for today. Come on, are you thankful today? Come on, are you thankful that God cares enough about you? He wants you to rest. Not just spiritual rest, but every type of rest. God wants you to rest. And God wants you to know this morning he can take care of it. He can provide for you. You don't need to be God. He's God. God will provide for us in six days more than we could produce on seven. And we thank you for that today. We thank you for that today. We thank you for that today. Thank you, Jesus. We love you today. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for this time in your house. Thank you for the refreshing and rest that is coming into this church community in this season of our church. And we love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Love you guys. Thank you for coming today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.